look at your neighbor and ask them, are you ready? Come on, ask the one. Look at somebody else. Tell them, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. Hallelujah. Borrowed a little T.D. Jakes right there. Glory to God. But listen, man, we've been talking for the past few weeks on this topic and this idea of being spiritually prepared for warfare because it is not God's desire and or his intent for us to be able to experience the attacks that come to us in life uh, and, and, and be caught off guard or be taken by surprise. It's his desire for us to be ready. One more time, say ready. And so if you will, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read this passage, man. We've been unpacking this thing. We've been milking it. We can make, we've been making yogurt out this thing. We've been make, I mean, we are going off on this one passage of scripture. And so if you will, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Say, I got it when you're there. And I want to encourage you uh, to make sure that you download the U version if you don't have a physical Bible. This is very easy to navigate. The Bible says, finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might. Then he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. The Bible says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm. And then verse 14, just the first two words, stand therefore. Somebody say amen. And so as we've been in this and we've been looking at it this past Sunday, we explored the fact as we've been talking about. And exploring things like witchcraft and uh, psychics and sorcerers. And it's just insane to me because, you know, at first when I started talking about this stuff, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, this sounds, I wonder if it's, you know, if, if it's getting to people or if people are really understanding what is, you know, trying, what I'm trying to communicate. And, you know, just more and more as I hear you guys come and you share about the things that you're experiencing, it's making me realize how relevant indeed what it is that I'm speaking about is. And so I encourage you to lean in, to take notes and to make sure that you are going back and even looking over this stuff so that you can equip yourself through the week. So this concept of being prepared and I talked to you about how the enemy's power versus God's power, the enemy's power is counterfeit. And it's limited, you know, it's counterfeit and it is limited. In other words, it is something, it is, it is a, uh, it is mimicking. It's an attempt to mimic God's power, but indeed it is not, uh, it is not on the same level as God's power. And so we said it's counterfeit, it's inferior consequently, and it's limited. And many of us, you know, the fact of the matter is we unpacked this on Thursday uh, shameless plug for Lifeline. You need to be there. We have a grand time. If you haven't been there, uh, make sure that you plan to come out. Uh, trust me, whatever you're getting ready to do, uh, it can move for a second so that you can come and be enriched and impacted by the word. But we unpack the fact that most times people will go to psychics and sorcerers and read the horoscope. And it many times is a trust issue because, you know, the fact is that some of us were like, you know, stuff is going nuts in my life and I need a right now answer. And so consequently, because of a lack of patience 
is why we'll jump in and we'll go and we'll pay the $5.99 to get you started and then pay your whole bank account towards some information. Come on, that's limited because how many of you know the devil is not omniscient? The devil doesn't know all things. And then you have to pull ears for some of you in order and pull teeth for you to sow into the kingdom of God. Where God is omniscient and omnipotent. Come on. All-knowing, all-powerful. But we'll give our, our money to Miss Cleo. Call me now. <laughs> Type of stupidness that is. But the fact of the matter is that at the end of the day, we need to understand that even though this is counterfeit, that there is, that God's power is real. Come on, somebody. And even though I showed you in the story of Moses and uh, of Moses and Aaron and the rod, how it was thrown down. Go catch up on YouTube if you missed last week's message and how the, both of them were side by side. And, the, and it seemed as if the magician was able to concoct and do the same thing that Moses was able to do. Both of their rods turned into snakes. But one snake, snake, yam, the other snake. Because it was greater. Come on, somebody. And so it shows us, this is where we got the foundation that the enemy's power is counterfeit. The enemy's power is inferior. And God's power is greater and stronger than all. And that's where we should put our trust. Another root we found as it pertains to why people go to psychics and, and horoscopes and they want to know stuff. Not only a lack of patience, but this lack of patience is especially rooted in anxiety. Because we're anxious. Come on. Because we, instead of waiting, you know, the, the fact is we'd rather get the answer out of the microwave. But you know, I always tell you so, uh, that, that soggy, soggy macaroni is not the same as mac pie from in the oven. Come on, somebody. And because we're anxious, we're like, we want to know what's going to happen. Although the fact of the matter is that the information is limited. Somebody say Limited. And so I love it because, you know, I want you to get this and we're going to unpack God's power in a second. But I want to look at the story, a couple stories today. Uh, keep your finger in Ephesians chapter six. Go with me to the book of Daniel. What book did I say? Daniel, Daniel chapter two. Uh, there is a story here and, you know, and, and I, and I want to unpack this. But before I do that, I want to share this. I, I never forget. We uh, my wife and I, we've been church planting. We actually just celebrated uh, 14 years together. We've been together for 14 years since before the man them were able to even grow a mustache fam, you know, and when we were from, we were courting, you know, we, we decided that it was a done deal right from then back when we were, we got together when we were 20 and, you know, and we started church planting together. And so, you know, we've been in this thing, even though this church is only two years old, we've been doing this thing for 14 years. And, you know, and so the thing is that when we went to launch our second church, which you might hear us talk about often, it's relevant church in Grand Rapids. And, you know, and while we were preparing to start that church, which is doing incredibly over there now, you know, we were, I'll never forget, there was a time when, you know, because remember last week I shared with you guys that my wife and I, we left uh, what we considered to be a false religion. And, you know, God delivered us out of it. It had us in bondage. We were in a place where we were believing all sorts of things such as the work of, you know, Jesus' work at the cross was not complete. 
It was just a down payment. And then he went to heaven and started, continued paying for sins in heaven. Some just crazy stuff, you know. And we got out of it and, you know, we realized that we were now in a place of freedom. However, it stinks when you're in a place of freedom. And maybe, maybe I'll get one or two witnesses here. You know, you can be in a place of freedom, but you still don't know what you're supposed to do in life. Big breeding ground for anxiety. And so we were in a moment where we were like, you know what? Uh, you know, what are we going to do, Jesus? Praise God for freedom. We were at a, a great church, but we knew that the call was on our life because we had planted and we were pastoring for years before this had happened when we shifted and left. And so we're like, we know the call is on our life. We know that you have something for us to do, but what are we going to do? And so I'll never forget. I decided that I was going to go to a church where no one knew me. I decided that I was going to go and hang out in this church by myself you know, and just hide in the back. And I was wearing, uh, I was wearing some slacks and a, and a polo shirt. I was getting ready. I worked at AT&T slanging cell phones, you know, don't know about that hustle grind them 15 hour days, craziness. And so, you know, I, I was there and I was getting ready to go to work after, and I'd never been to this church. These people don't know me, nothing. I'm in the back, back off to the corner. So, you know, not in plain eyesight. And what happens, I'm just that day, I never said this, but that day I was fasting and praying. I was saying, God, what is it that you want us to do? I sensed that he was telling us to plant a church in Grand Rapids. But, you know, it was like, are you really are you really telling me to do this? Because, you know, I don't want to make this move. Maybe you've been there before where, you know, you you're unsure about the next move to take. You have some ideas that might be bouncing around in your head, but you're not sure about anybody ever been there. Maybe some of y'all are right, are there right now, or is it the time? And so as I'm worshiping and I'm there, I'm by myself, this lady, hundreds of people, diverse audience, the lady gets up, the name of, uh, and now I know her name, prophetess Dorian Parker. And Dorian Parker, we got to get her out here sometime. But she, she stood up to introduce the speaker for the day. Never met her a day in my life. She points, she moves everybody out the way. That day, I'm fasting and praying, seeking God as to whether I should plant the church or not. And she points at me and says, young man, God told you to plant a church. She says, he's going to give you the people to bring the the vision to pass. And she told me some other stuff. But if you know me, I took off running. I don't even remember the last part. I was in the floor and everything. I'm like, oh, Jesus. You know, because when you've been waiting for a long time. And you're in a place of indecision when God brings a rhema word, which means a relevant word. Come on, somebody. I think this is a rhema word for somebody today. When God brings you a word in season to be able to give you direction, to get you into your next season, to break you through a roof or a ceiling that may have been a hindrance. It's incredible. And so at that moment, I never met her. She doesn't know me. And she prophesied to me and told me exactly what I was praying about. And God used, gave me a, a word of knowledge because she knew something supernaturally about me that I had not told her. And then she prophesied to me about this. Now, if I showed up and I was wearing a, suit, a collar, I was wearing a suit, I looked like a preacher, that might have been one thing. But I, I showed up in some slacks and a t-shirt. And she prophesied to me. And shortly thereafter... People came together and started showing up to us, telling us, God said that we're supposed to come and plant a church with you. 
And now, years later, this church is there and thriving and going, going just bonkers. We're so excited. Pastor Trice has come and preached for us a few times. So has Pastor Kendall. You know, they are both uh, mentees in the ministry, sons in the gospel that we released into ministry there. And they're continuing that work. All because I got a confirming word. Not from a psychic. But in the house of the Lord. Not a spirit of divination. Not the spirit of witchcraft. She didn't need me to tell her something. What, what are the names of all of the men in your family? Or I sense that you're, you know how people be so general? I sense that you're having problems in your life right now. And people be like, ooh, that was so good. Here's my hundred dollars. Tell me more. You, you, are you hearing me today? You know, I sense that, you know, that you had a mom and a dad. Ooh, child. And we just go off and we, we just take anything. I didn't tell her A from Bullfoot. And she was able to prophesy to me under the power of the Lord exactly what it was. Come on, somebody. This is an example of this is an example of God's miraculous power being used. I love it because in the book of Daniel, everybody say Daniel. I hope you turned there and you didn't wait till the last minute. Daniel chapter 2, there is a story. The king Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he has a dream. And what happens is, I'm just going to summarize this dream and, and what takes place here. Uh, but what, ta- what takes place is, he says to all, because Daniel and his friends, they're Hebrews, but they got stolen and taken into Babylon. The Rastaman knows about that, right? <laughs> and this whole idea that they're there and they're taken into Babylon. And while they're there, they are treated and grouped with sorcerers and wise men and magicians and all of these people. And the king has a dream. And look at what takes place with this. The king commands in verse 2 that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the kings his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I had a dream and my spirit is troubled now to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. And peep this, tell your servants the dream and we will show you the interpretation. My God, limited, conditional. And so the fact of the matter is, peep this, says, says uh, the word from me is firm. And the king answered and said to them, the word from me is firm, verse 5. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb and your houses shall be laid in ruins. But if you show the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, let the king tell his servants the dream. And we will show its interpretation, counterfeit, limited. Come on, somebody. Even if you can mimic what happens, there are some situations where the power of God is the only thing that can break yokes and strongholds. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody. Tell them a counterfeit can't do it. Come on, a counterfeit. 
counterfeit can't do it. And so he goes on and the, and the king tells him this. And so what ends up happening is that even though, and this is where I want to talk to some gifted folk in here today. And I want to talk to some church folk that think that the only thing that you are placed into the earth and Jesus just saved you to look cute. Come on, somebody. Jesus did not just save you to look cute. Come on. You can look cute if you want to, but at the end of the day, he saved you to be able to make an impact. Come on, somebody. And the fact of the matter is that the reason oftentimes some of y'all save folk super saved and sadiddy talking about I want Jesus to change my job because too many people cussing on my job and there's there's too much darkness and they talking about all sorts of stuff and Jesus please take me out of this job come on somebody and the fact of the matter is that Jesus has placed you there not for your comfort come on church but he placed you there because you're supposed to be an individual that is a glory carrier come on somebody and when you go into these places with the assignment on your life he desires to use you to make impact and change whining and complaining you are in there on an assignment and God will bless your socks off in the process if you be obedient and so Daniel and his friends they're among one of these things is not like the other they're there in the midst with group with all these magicians and these Chaldeans and all these people that are there and all of this. And, and Daniel, Daniel stands up. I love it. Uh, Daniel says in verse 14, the Bible says uh, that he replied with prudence and discretion to the captain of the king's guard who has gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel and Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king and the bible then says in verse 17 then daniel went into his house and made the matter known to hananiah Mishael, and azariah his companions and told them to seek mercy from god of heaven concerning the mystery so that daniel and his companions might not be despised destroyed with the rest of the wise men of babylon then the mystery was revealed to daniel in a vision of night then daniel blessed the god of heaven daniel answered and then he goes on and gives god praise are you seeing what took place because god is omniscient all daniel had to do in that crazy moment was stand up and open himself to be being to be used by god and god used him in a mighty manner and revealed the importance possible to him not because Daniel was special in and of himself but because of the call of God on his life man I don't know who I came to preach to today but I want to tell you that although there although there is counterfeit power in the world today that God is calling his church come on can I send a call God is calling his church to rise up and be vessels through which the supernatural flows come on serve city I declare it over this house let the prophets arise come on let the seers arise. Let the mouthpieces and the vessels of God arise that we will be able to be used in our schools, to be able to be used in our homes, to be able to be used in places of government. God has sanctioned and empowered you to be used for his glory. I feel activation happening in the house because see somebody you just want to be mediocre and you want to be just no God did not call you for that he didn't set you on fire when last have you seen something set on fire and it's able to sit still come on somebody when last have you seen someone whose butt gets lit on fire and they're able to sit still but I wonder if it's one or two people in this place that know that when you're on fire you can't 
sit still, but you got to get to a place where you're on the move. I showed up today to stoke someone's fire today. Stir up the gift that's inside of you. God has a plan and a purpose and a call for your life. Somebody give God praise. And Daniel doesn't go and hide the thing because he want to be the superstar. Daniel goes back and he tells the man them. He's not trying to be out here and be in a place where he just gets the glory. He's not trying to be in a place where he gets all of the credit. Who am I talking to this morning? He says he goes back and he tells his boys and they go and they're able to pray. Too many of us want to be showboats in the spirit. Ah, my God. But when it is that you and I get to the place that we realize that God has not called us to competition and you under have a kingdom mindset, if you know that if the kingdom moves forward, then we all move forward. Come on. See, that the, that the fact of the matter is people always tell me this. They say, why, Pastor Andrew, do you pray for other churches before you preach? Come on. I'm like, because I'm trying to kill that demon of, co- of competition. Come on. We, Surf City ain't the only church that's preaching the gospel. And if y'all don't like Surf City, I can tell you of a few other churches that you can go to that might be a perfect fit but as long as you're in the kingdom as long as you're connected to the body of Christ that's what matters the most who am I talking to and we got to get this spirit of competition out of the church to the place where we see others as helpmates as opposed to our competitors he goes in the house and that's one of the fruits I'll talk about this a little bit later But that's one of the biggest uh, aspects of fruit that we as believers, uh, we as believers can look out and look at to tell whether somebody is walking in in their spirit, walking in the spirit, or if they're walking in the flesh. Is are they a showboat in the spirit? Are they only about themselves? And only do they only have a desire for themselves to prosper? Are you with me? And so there's, there is God's power because, you know, they say that in order to know when something is a counterfeit, you've got to especially study the real thing. And so look at the way that Daniel operates. The other wise men, they needed, they needed something in order, they needed a little piece of information. But God don't need no information because he created the world ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. He didn't need anything to make the world. God doesn't need anything to be God. Oh, man. But the devil's power is limited. Are you still with me? Look at this. Uh, we're going uh, to dive in. Uh, look at, look at, uh, so we're there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. And I want you to understand this because some of you, you might be a dreamer and you're wondering why is it that you're getting dreams and it's not demonic dreams all the time. And sometimes if God shows you crazy things in the night hours, in the dream, in your dreams, sometimes he's showing you things so that you can intercede so that you can pray against. And there are many of you, some of you, you've been running from the prophetic call that's on your life. We don't want to talk about this in this type of church, but that's okay. We're going to, we're going to talk about it because some of you, you have this call upon your life and you've been running from it and hiding from it because of all of the foolishness that's happened and the stupidness that's happening in many churches that are around. But God has called you. You're, it's not an excuse. I hear the Lord. It's not an excuse for you to be disobedient to God because others are being disobedient. When I was growing up, my, my mother would have always told me, she would have, there's no way that I would have gotten away for B 
being disobedient. If somebody jump off the bridge, you're going to jump off too. You know, like there's no, I'm not, I can't get away with doing foolishness because somebody else did it. Come on, somebody. And too many Christians talking about, well, you know, look at these people and they're taking advantage over here and they're preaching the prosperity gospel and they're beating everybody up and this prophet's always having money lines and these people are always getting bamboozled and hoodwinked. Well, why do you think that's a reason for you to not walk in what God has called you to? God's not going to judge you based on them. He's going to judge you based on what he gave you. What did you do with what I gave you? First Corinthians chapter 12, I love this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this stuff today, but, but we're going to jump in. So here we see what are known as the manifestations of the Spirit. Romans chapter 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit, uh, specific spiritual gifts that you and I can have. We usually have one of them, one that is predominant, and others that come to next steps after, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but they're spiritual gifts. These are manifestations that are available to all believers, starting in verse 7. Are you with me? And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit utterance or words of wisdom. Everybody say words of wisdom. Words of wisdom, the ability to give divine counsel, to give supernatural counsel to someone. Come on. When you yourself, I'm telling you, some of you guys, I tell people all the time, and I say this in Next Steps too, some of the stuff that I deal with that you guys will come and share with me, and pastor, what do I do? In myself, I'm sitting there like, I have no clue what to tell this person. But there's something about, there's, when, you, when you ask God, God manifests wisdom in me right now. Instead of relying on your power, God will manifest words of wisdom so that you can give counsel. But not only this, not only this, he goes on, especially since we're talking about prophecy and psychics and all this stuff. Here's another one right here uh, in verse, in verse, also in verse uh, eight. For to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge or words of knowledge. Everybody say words of knowledge. In other words, these are words about someone or words related to someone that that you did not that they did not know. You did not tell them first. These are these are the real deal because the power of God is not just operating from heaven. He's not just up there. Do, no, he has. The Bible says unto him, Ephesians 3:20, who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. In you. It's through you. Jesus is not going to show up in a limousine. He's not going to show up in a Hummer with 30 inch rims. He's going to show up through you. And here is a manifestation. In other words, one of the ways that the spirit manifests in the lives of, of, of believers. Words of wisdom and words of knowledge. There's so many others. He goes on and he talks about the working of miracles. Man, I got stories, but I don't have time miracles and all these things but words of knowledge this ability remember the story in john chapter 4 uh, for those who you know are familiar with scripture if you're not there's this word there's a story in john chapter 4 of this woman and jesus walks up to her and he says to her uh, and, and this there's so much potency in this passage in that passage but he declares and says to her he says the person you're with is not your husband and you've had five husbands before this and the woman's like i perceive that you're a prophet because he operated in words of knowledge. He told her stuff about herself that she did not tell him. 
And that was a sign that he operated in the prophetic because oftentimes those who walk in the prophetic, that it's marked by words of knowledge. For example, I want you to look at this. So um, this past Sunday, I was preparing to I was preparing to ask uh, Michelle Fraser. How many of you enjoy Michelle when she preaches? And um, she's getting ready to preach in a, in a few weeks. Incredible, incredible, incredible uh, woman of God. And we're honored to have her here. And as she was I, last Sunday, I told my wife before I got here, I said, babe, you know, we, we talked about it the night before. We're like, you know, we are going to ask michelle fraser to preach on this this day right because just we just sense that she's the one and so i come to church i preach my guts out church is done i'm driving the truck to uh to over by the place to drop off the trailer and on the way i speaker phone i called uh michelle and so i I called michelle i'm like michelle um you know you're i we we decided that we would like for you to preach on this sunday and she she starts laughing and usually she laughs because she says I'm always like calling on her in the craziest times or whatever. But she starts laughing and I'm like, are you, why, why are you laughing? She goes, she calls Courtney. She says, Courtney, come here, read this, right? Look, put, put it up on the screen. At 11.09 a.m. while I was preaching, she wrote, pastor is going to ask me to preach. Isn't that crazy? At 11.09 while I was preaching, I never had a conversation with her. I didn't tell her that I was going to ask her to preach. I didn't say none of that. But God told her while she was sitting right there, gave her a word of knowledge about something I was going to do and a prophetic word that I was going to do it. And I went and did it and I had absolutely no clue that she had written that down. I'm just trying to give y'all working examples. This is stuff that is happening and you might see that as insignificant or whatever. It doesn't matter. No, this is an example the spirit of God was preparing her to get her ready for when I asked her so that she would know that it was the Lord this is a manifestation of a word of knowledge and also a word of prophecy this is scripture I'm just setting this as an example to show you guys that God works and he manifests in unconditional ways I didn't have to tell her Jack Spratt But she knew about it because the spirit of God works. And if you didn't know, he's working in our midst. And he's speaking, I know, to some of you. And I encourage you to open your ears. And so this is powerful because I want you to understand as scripture encourages us in 1 Corinthians 14. I just want you to turn uh, two chapters over. Because this is not just something that's reserved for one person. This is reserved for all of us. That's why when I tell you guys that you have to discern spirits, distinguish between spirits. First Corinthians chapter 12. If you read that seven and onward, it shows you that one of the manifestations of the spirit is distinguishing the ability to distinguish between spirits. To know when you're talking to somebody, what's behind them. To know when you walk in a room, especially if you are a minister or if you are an intercessor or if you are a preacher, that you can walk in when you go into your son's room or your daughter's room. Before you fly off the handle, you're able to catch the temperature of what's taking place before you open your mouth. So you can ask God and say, God, what is the wise thing for me to say Based upon what's happening in the spiritual environment. This week something crazy happened with my children. With my son. 
uh, one of my sons and we had a conversation and I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Because, you know, every now and again, I'm telling you, these kids, they're growing up and you, especially in the environments that they're in, you can't even you cannot determine and dictate what it is for in many cases that is going into their eye gates and their air gates. And God had to give us some counsel because, see, the devil, like I told you, he's a sneaky bugger. He's not going to come to you in the way that you want him to come to you. But this is why we've got to be ready. One more time. Somebody shout ready. Come on. Got to be ready. And so so going on. So going on, I want you to understand, because as we're talking about understanding and distinguishing between gifts and how the enemy's gifting is limited and how his how his power and the way he operates is limited. There's some things I want you to, to understand and think about uh, as it pertains to this. First of all, that you've got to you've got to be in a place where you consider the fruit of the the gift of the spirit that is that is in operation. What is the fruit who is the person that is ministering to you? If you are receiving, is it coming? Is it, is it invoking pride in your life? Or is this person operating in a prideful manner? Is it pointing you to them and their gift? Or is it pointing you to Jesus? As 1 Corinthians 10 31 says, do all things to the glory of God. This is good stuff to write down. So you're checking, consider the fruit. Is it pride? Is it self-righteousness? Not only this, how about the gospel? Is the end of this thing about how much big of an offering I can raise? Or is it encouraging you to put trust and faith in Jesus and to walk in holiness? Are you hearing me this morning? These are things to consider. Uh, Not only this, is what is coming to you encouraging you to walk in fear? Or is it causing you and challenging you to walk in faith? I remember growing up in that same religion that I told you about and that we've been talking about. I mean, it was all based in fear because it was all about you couldn't have an assurance of your salvation. You couldn't know that you were saved. You couldn't say I'm saved because, you know, you never know. You might make a mistake. And if you make a mistake because of our view of what Jesus did for us on the cross and because it wasn't completely done. If you make a mistake and Jesus comes back today, you're going to get left behind. And so I grew up and I was talking with, uh, I was talking with Taylor early, uh, a couple weeks ago and we were sharing similar experiences because all that breeds is fear. I used to go to sleep and I would have the craziest dreams. I would always dream that Jesus would come back and everybody else was flying up and I would be on my bed and it felt like I had a thousand pound weight. I wanted to get up so bad, but I couldn't get up. And I would wake up out of my sleep with my heart pounding, you know, feeling like, oh, man, I wonder what I did wrong. I wonder where I messed up. I wonder if I committed the unpardonable sin, whatever that is, you know. Oh, I can't. I don't have the time. But, but all of these things that you grow up in false religion, believing that your salvation is based on your works as opposed to Christ's works. And this is how you know if it's godly. When, when the angel showed up to tell Mary that she's getting ready to have a baby. The angel shows up to Mary and Mary's in the place where he tells her, you're going to have a baby. You've never had sex. And you're going to be pregnant with the son of God. That's some pretty crazy information. 
But even though the angel shows up in that regard, the angel doesn't tell her, the angel doesn't encourage her to be fearful. The angel says, don't be afraid. If fear, hear me, I want you to grab this. If fear is the fruit of what it is that you're receiving, if it's based in anxiety, it is not of God. Are you with me? Because it should, whatever it is that you're, that you're hearing, it should push you to a place of faith as opposed to fear. And so look at, look at Acts chapter 8 before we go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Acts chapter 8, I want you to understand this. So talking about this, I want to move on and, and, and understand, I want you to understand that this command that we have to put on the full armor of God. Everybody say the full armor. Full armor. That you may be able to stand. Somebody say that I. I may be able to stand. You need to understand that this command is personal. In other words, you don't, you don't get victory just because you come to church. You don't get victory just because your grandmother was a praying woman. When people, people come up to you and say, are you saved? And you'd be like, yeah, you know, well, my grandmother, she's a praying woman and she used to carry us to church. But you, that's not the way you get victory. Victory is something that's personal. Look, peep in the text. Acts chapter 8, there's a guy by the name, I'm telling you, this witchcraft stuff is all through scripture. A guy named Simon the Sorcerer. Everybody say Simon the Sorcerer. He was a magician. The Bible says in verse 9, there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed and being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed. He was amazed. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon, everybody say the sorcerer. When Simon saw that the spirit was given to them through the laying on of the apostles hands, he offered them money saying, give me this power also so that uh, so that so that I may receive the power when I lay hands on people that they'll receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. Simon wanted, he just wanted the power, but he did not understand what came with it. Come on, somebody. The power of God comes through the spirit of God. And Simon didn't want what to do, what Peter and he didn't want, he didn't understand about having his own prayer life. He thought he could pay money and acquire the power of God. And many of us, you think that you can give into the power of God. You think that all you got to do is attend a conference, come on, and hear some good teaching or show up to church every Sunday. But you got to get to the place where you don't just hear it, but you get to the place where you become James 1.22, a doer of the word. 
He thought he could pay. You can't photocopy the power of God. It doesn't, it doesn't happen just because you stand next to someone who has it. You and I, people always ask me, Pastor Andrew, why are you able to X, Y, and Z and all this stuff? And I give all glory to God. It's not anything in and of myself. But most people, you think that my ministry just consists, consists of showing up on a Sunday morning and yelling at you for 40 minutes. Every day I am spending personally, and I know everybody can't do this because of your time frame and all this stuff, but I'm spending time, an hour, an hour and a half in God's presence, in prayer, and in study, seeking the Lord before I talk to any of y'all. Because at the end of the day, I need the power of God to be able to navigate, and it's an honor and a privilege to be able to serve, but the power of God does not come through paying. It doesn't come through you just being around church folk. It doesn't come through you saying, I'm a part of Surf City, but it comes through you connecting with God on a personal level. Acts 19. So here's another story of an individual. Watch this. Verse 11 of Acts 19. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul. So that even the handkerchiefs, the Bible says, and aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and evil spirits came out of them. Look at the power that Paul is operating in to the place where he literally there were just things that touched his body and they sent them and there were people getting healed and delivered from demonic spirits. And the Bible says, watch this, then some of the itinerant, which means they were going all over the place, Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. The Bible says, seven sons of the Jewish high priest uh, were doing this. And then verse 15, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I recognize, but who are you? And then the Bible says that they went and they whooped those guys tail. The devils that were in those individuals whooped those, those uh, seven sons tails because it's not enough for you to call on the God of pastor Andrew. It's not enough for you to call on the God of your grandmama. Come on, somebody. It's not enough for you to call on the God of Bishop so-and-so or Apostle so-and-so. But you better know him for yourself. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, that's why it's not enough for you to just show up on a Sunday and hear this message and go home and be like, oh, nice message. You can keep your nice message, Pastor, if you're not going to take this thing and go apply it for yourself. It's personal. He says, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who the beep are you? It was the devil. So the devil, you know, he probably said something. (laughs) And they end up getting their tail whooped because they didn't know God for themselves. Counterfeit. Oh, man, I hope you're getting this stuff. But God has given us the ability to be in a place where we are walking in his power. And a part of that is by us yielding ourselves and opening ourselves. Instead of going and consulting a psychic, you start walking and praying that God would manifest through you so that you could have words of wisdom and you could have knowledge and you can be a solution and hear from God yourself as opposed to being in a place where you're going and looking to others. Surf City is a church that I declare and I see is going to walk and you're going to be leaders in your job, in your house, 
that on the bus you're going to be delivering words of knowledge to people that's going to dic- that's going to challenge them to walk in a place of victory this army that's rising up i'm believing that god has called us and so if you want the manifestation of the spirit in your life if you are a believer i want you Every day when you wake up, you ask God, God, fill me with your spirit. And whatever it is that you need from the Lord, for go, right, I hope you wrote it down. I'm going to say it again. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 and onwards. Check that out. Go and read those manifestations of the spirit. And whatever you need, however you need God to manifest. I love it. The Holy Ghost is like a Swiss army knife. I remember growing up, I had one of those knives that had my, my parents had my name engraved on it. And they're so sweet. You know, they... Uh, I, I had I t- one of my kids put it in a bag. Um, I had it since I was a, a little kid. One of my sons, they put it in, in one of my bags when I was going to get on a flight. And I'll never forget, I went in, you know, at the airport. And the man them were trying to grips me, fam, because they're like, you're trying to bring a machine on the plane. Right. And I was like, nah, I'm not even, you know, like my kid put it there. Please, can I find a way to like send it back home or whatever? And I'm like, and they're like, no. We got to throw it away. And I was so vexed, man. I was mad because it meant so much to me. It was so sentimental. I'll never forget, you know, I gave it away. And when I came home, my dad and my mom, they came to me and they were like, and this is, I'm a grown man, grown man about to cry because they, they got me another one with my name etched in it again, you know, but the Holy Spirit is like a Swiss army knife. Whatever you need him to be, whether it's for your benefit or for the benefit of those in your circle of influence, he can operate supernaturally through you if you and I would yield and open ourselves to him. Are you hearing me this morning? I hope this has blessed somebody today. Go ahead and give God praise in this, in this place.